The following contains discussion of sexual abuse. Listener discretion is advised. Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different. Different. This is NOCO FM. We became aware of the prevalence of women's sexual abuse through the Me Too movement. But did you know that one in three women are sexually abused? So what do we do to go beyond the trauma, the crisis, and go beyond just surviving the abuse to truly thriving in our lives? Today, my guest is Misa Hopkins, best-selling author, presenter, and spiritual healer. She's going to be talking to us today about not only what it takes to help move on in our lives and to really reclaim ourselves after sexual abuse. She'll be giving ideas for how you can begin this healing process within yourself, So whether you've been sexually abused or know someone that has been, or this is something that's just a topic that you want to find out more about, then stay tuned as we talk with Misa Hopkins about women emerging, reclaiming our souls from sexual abuse. Welcome to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. I'd like to welcome Misa Hopkins to The Spark. This is such a special episode today because not only do I get to interview Misa and just get to spend some wonderful time with a dear friend, we're also going to be talking about her wonderful project, Women Emerging, a super summit that is coming up April 17th. Misa is a pioneer in the field of feminine consciousness and is a five-time best-selling author the guardian of a sacred path in the feminine. She has had powerful mystical initiations in both feminine and masculine sacred energies. As a result, Misa's life is dedicated to the personal and planetary healing that comes with balanced consciousness. She has appeared on major television networks and has spoken at events with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra, Dr. Bruce Lipton, and Larry Dossie. Misa is the director of the New Dream Foundation, currently sponsoring the event, Women Emerging, Reclaiming Our Souls from Sexual Abuse. Misa, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to spend time with you, Stephanie. And I'm really excited, as you said, there's this kind of dual purpose going on that we're doing the interview for The Spark, but this is also what we're going to be broadcasting on Women Emerging on the summit itself. So hopefully we will be providing the listeners with lots of juicy insights about recovering and healing and mostly reclaiming our souls from sexual abuse. This was just an incredible undertaking. I know it's been in the works for a couple of years now. Tell about how that came to be an idea for you and to put on this amazing super summit. Yeah, it was a surprise, Stephanie, as you know, because when I asked you to co-host with me, I was like, I can't believe I'm asking you (laughs) to do this. Oh my gosh. You know, as you know, because you know my story, I was sexually abused as a child and I went through years of healing because that memory was repressed. 
And it was quite a dramatic journey for me to finally discover that was at the root of many physical conditions that I had, including producing as much testosterone as a teenage boy at one point in my life. And I lived with the physical symptoms of that for seven years undiagnosed. Finally diagnosed at the time that I was really emerging in my own spiritual journey and into my therapeutic journey with a wonderful therapist to do healing around something I didn't even know it happened, right? I just knew there was a problem. I didn't know what had happened. The memory hadn't resurfaced. And really at the end of that journey, then the memory came back and I knew that it was at the root of this incredible hormonal change. It was at the root of the depression, suicidal depression I was experiencing the kind of gunk that so many of us go through who have experienced sexual abuse. So it's been many, many years. I mean, that was when I was in my 30s. I'm in my 60s now. So it's been a lot of years of not feeling like I was healing anymore, more like I was thriving now, right? That the recovery stage was pretty much over. And I was, as I often do, I go through periods of time in my life where I just know it's time. The way I see it in my mind is body on the ground, hands outstretched, face on the ground to divine consciousness. What is next? How may I serve the awakening consciousness on this planet? How may I be a servant of love? And left it at that. The, my supplication, my, you know, and my gifts, which come through my songs. That's always part of it. I sing and I make an offering. And then I get still and I get quiet and I let the spirit do spirit's work. Well, I have some lovely ancestors on the other side of the veil. And they come through loud and clear when they come through. And uh, four of them, these four ancient, beautiful, well, they're not ancient now, but <laughs> they have wonderful grandmothers on the other side came to me. And I spent about three days in this highly ecstatic awakened state with them. Poor Jeffrey, he, he would, you know, I'd come out of meditation and I'd sort of be in a daze. I'm like, Jeffrey, would you just write? And my Jeffrey, as, as you know, is one of these guys who wants details, right? And I'm like, don't ask for a detail. I just need to download, okay? And I'm used to questing people. I have for 20 years taken people out to sit on Mother Earth and get still and receive their messages. And it wasn't until after this three-day period that I realized I had just gone on a quest and I was in that beautiful, wonderful opening, awakening energy. Fortunately, I had my supporter, Jeffrey, with me. And unlike any quest I've ever had, and I've had several of my own, and I've quested many people, many, I was getting information that was about as practical as it can get. Do a summit on sexual abuse. You just don't very often get guidance that specific, right? I mean, okay, and really shown how important this was to continue this energy flow that Me Too created, bringing attention to the prevalence of sexual abuse in our world to a place where, and this is my specialty, right, and yours, which is how do we help each other heal? 
so that we become whole individuals in the world. And that's what they were saying. That's the next step. And of course, that's what Tarana Burke speaks to. Our next step is to heal and to end it now that we've brought attention to it. So being the wonderful man that my Jeffrey is and my wonderful friends like you, Stephanie, and Larry Jossie, and then I met Laura Davis, and these beautiful, beautiful people have come together to form a circle of support that we're calling Women Emerging, Reclaiming Our Souls from Sexual Abuse. And it really is born from a vision of love from our ancestors, they're not just mine, our ancestors on the other side of the veil, recognizing that it's time for many of us to really embrace the beautiful, freeing work of healing. And there is a point at which it doesn't, it doesn't work anymore. It is just pure freedom. And that there's a huge opening right now in consciousness to support women all over the world in their commitment to healing. And it's right here. What's been so beautiful on this journey with you, as this has all continued to take shape and the amazing energy that you have literally orchestrated and put out there into the universe and has come back to you multiplied with all of the amazing people that are supporting this and being a part of the summit. One of the things you and I had talked about, it does make perfect sense because after the Me Too movement, which really brought sexual abuse, sexual harassment to the forefront of people's minds, now we were able to take that to the next step. It's not just identifying, yes, sexual abuse and sexual harassment happens. It's true, and that was a vital, vital awakening. And this is the next step. So we go beyond, yes, now I finally have a voice. Now I acknowledge that this happens to that next level of healing and really being able to make that transformation in our consciousness and in our lives to go from survival to really thriving and beyond. Let's talk about the statistics on sexual abuse, because I think even though we've got so much information, people really aren't aware how prevalent this issue is. So can you speak to that? Yeah, I'm happy to. The statistics are scary. They should be scary. I'm, I'm looking at what we're doing right now with this pandemic in the world, right? With COVID-19 and this virus that's spreading, what we're doing in the U.S. And the numbers are staggeringly small, though horrific. I want to be really clear about that. They're staggeringly small compared to sexual abuse. And sexual abuse does just as much damage. We're talking one in four women. And that's an improvement over one in three women, which was the statistic 30 years ago. So perhaps some improvement here. One in four women do experience sexual abuse in their lifetime. One in five men. And we suspect that number is higher, but reporting from men is still not where we'd like it to be. And these acts of violence are committed 80% of the time by people we know. 
And this is one of the great myths. These are not random occurrences. For the most part, they happen, by the way. But for the most part, these are not random occurrences where you're sitting by some guy on the bus that you've never met before, and when you get off the bus, he follows you and tries to rape you. It happens. I interviewed a woman where that was the circumstance she was able to talk herself out of. Yes, that happens 20% of the time. 80% of the time, this is your father, your uncle, usually men, by the way, the vast majority are men, a cousin, a brother, an authority figure, uh, someone from your church that you respect, a teacher. This is where it is happening. It's happening on campuses at a, a rampant rate. The research that I've been doing about what's been happening on campuses is appalling appalling that uh, young women are going to frat parties and if they do something like carry a purse then the men there know the young men know that she's new she's naive and she's a target for rape and they pass that word around the fraternity house or it becomes a gang rape perpetrated against her chanting outside the women's dorm rooms about their right to rape the prevalence, the absolute prevalence of our pornography that is often the educational source for our young men, teaching them that what women want is violent sex and that we get off on it. All of that's untrue. The real truth is that women are being used for sexual pleasure against their will or because they are too young or too naive or too innocent yet to be able to stand up for themselves. In other words, people are taking, men are taking advantage of our little ones, our young ones, our young girls, as they're coming into sexuality. Incest, the common age for incest is age four. We can be pretty darn sure they aren't really giving their permission, right? So, and at age 12, 13, another age where they're being commandeered for sex trafficking, they're young, they're naive, they're impressionable, they are not willingly giving consent to be abused. So, as a society, we've become a rape culture. It's prevalent within society at epidemic proportions and has been for a long time. And yet, it's been in the closet. For a couple of reasons. One, because very often you know the perpetrator, right? The perpetrator might even be someone you love and care about. So we tend to keep it to ourselves. We're trained and taught to keep it to ourselves. And the second, and I think this is the worst, is what is called the second rape. That when a woman states what has happened to her, either to a family member or a friend, or goes to the police and reports it, the questions that she receives back often have to do with how she might have instigated that perpetration. So now she's no longer the victim. It's been flipped and she's being treated as the perpetrator, which makes about as much sense as someone robbing your home and having your neighbors say, well, if you hadn't put that TV in the front window, maybe you wouldn't have been robbed. Or you mean you left your back door open while you were out front? What were you thinking? <laughs> we don't do that to people. We sympathize, we empathize, we talk about how horrific it is that someone would just come into their home and think that they had the right to take things. And yet we don't apply that same logic to women who are being sexually molested.
So for many, many reasons, this has been stuffed in the closet and Me Too was vital for getting it out of the closet. Everything from sexual harassment all the way to gang rape and violent physical abuse all the way across that spectrum. And now we have an opportunity that it's really out of the closet to grab hold of it and say, let's heal this because in healing it, we'll bring it to an end. One of the things that we want to talk about is how healing ends this abuse cycle. So let's talk a little bit about how important that piece is and really how you see this healing ending abuse. It's not just dealing with the abuse and of course the trauma, the scars, the things that women go through. It's really how do we end sexual abuse as we heal ourselves and help others heal? How does this end abuse? Oh, yeah, this is the piece that to me is so vital for us all to consider embracing. Because as we heal it, it's not in the field of consciousness anymore. It's not there. When you and I have and you have interviewed and talked with many, many women who have been sexually abused, there is a point where they have gone through enough of their own, what we call psycho-spiritual healing, right? Enough of that healing that they are no longer attracting people who could potentially violate them. And they know it. There's a point at which you know it. And it's like, that's done. That will not happen again. It doesn't need to happen again. It's cleared from your field. And so now the people that you attract in your life are trustworthy. And the men that you attract are worthy of you, quite frankly. They have good hearts, good souls. They don't want to hurt you. They want to uplift you in the world. And you feel that reverence and respect for you as a woman. Your relationships change. You do not attract people who want to abuse you. And neither do you tend to be abusive to others. Even if that's shaming them verbally, that's been my big thing for a long time, right? So that was the way I played out shame. That's the way I became a perpetrator. I abused others through the way that I treated them emotionally and how I tried to bring them down emotionally. So when you have healed enough, you step out of the victim end of the cycle, which is I'm unworthy, I'm helpless. This is going to happen to me. There's nothing I can do about it. You shed that completely. And then the other part of you, which is the other part of the journey, and that's the part that has the potential to hurt another in any way, intentionally. And when you stepped out of this dynamic we call the victim-perpetrator cycle or dynamic, you really have come to a place of full healing. Your life is in transformation. The way that you engage with people changes. And the people you surround yourself with changes. And the circumstances that you allow yourself to be in change completely. And the way that we raise our boys changes. The language that we use changes. It's less violent in its nature. It's more compassionate in its nature. So by healing our own abuse, each one of us, one at a time, grabbing up our courage and saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to trust my sisters who have gone before me 
telling me this can happen. I'm going to trust them and I'm going to heal. I'm going to claim my soul, my life as mine. And I am the driver of this life with the help of the divine, however you know the divine, whatever tradition, spiritual tradition you're in or not in, for that matter, however you know that universal power, that I am going to heal as we heal, we are bringing it to an end because there's no space in the field of consciousness for anything less than worthiness and love and respect and honoring each other. That's so beautiful. It's really perfect. You know, we hear those statistics too and see those statistics on people that are perpetrated. And it's very high that 80%, some people say 80 plus percent of people that are perpetrated will perpetrate. And that's when we're talking about incest in particular. So I think that it's so essential. It's like, as you shared, it's even in just behaviors. It doesn't have to be that you are perpetrating a sexual act. It's doing things that don't align with who you truly are. So once that's healed, then you no longer are passing that down. And we know our kiddos and people in our relationships respond and react to what they have seen before, to what's modeled for them. This is the hope, right? This is the beautiful piece of this. As this is healed, we no longer pass it on. It no longer is a frame of reference not a frame of reference for ourselves, our own behavior or emotions, and not for our children or the people we're engaged in relationship with. That's right. And as I've talked with so many of these incredible people involved with women emerging, over and over the message comes through that it really, the, the journey, the great spiritual journey here is to embrace that within us within every being lives the potential for perpetrator and victim. And this is a cycle that's been going on on this planet since the beginning <laughs> of the formation of this planet and any life there, right? If you, if you are the saber-toothed tiger chasing, uh, gosh, what other, I don't know, but there, I don't know if there were any elk then, but something with four legs running, right? One of you is the perpetrator and one of you is the victim. And you take what you need to survive. This is all built into our ROM. And so if we are willing to say, wow, this event happened and it was bad and it was wrong, and I don't want anyone else in my life to experience what I've experienced. So if I heal, it ends it generationally. And that was my big motivation. It was bigger than me initially, was ending it generationally. And then finally, I got that it was really valuable to end for me, right? It also, it's shifting that consciousness of take what you want. Or more primitively, take what you need, which we've translated into take what you want at another's expense, unconsciously engaged unconsciously engaged. So we're raising planetary consciousness. We're raising it to a level of love and compassion. If I choose to engage with someone sexually and we are fully consenting, 
that's different. And if we choose the parameters of that consent together, sometimes as we're going along, we're figuring out, wait a minute, that's too painful, or that works for me. We're coming together to co-create. That is a, an entirely different experience that can take you into mystical experiences with your sexuality. It begins in that understanding of mutual respect and consent. And it happens when we come together as men and women and we choose to engage, hopefully with some love, because that's where it really gets juicy, but at least in mutual consent, even if it's a little carnal, but not in any, any presumption that one's innocence or naivete is the equivalent to permission. It is not. And that it is never okay to take from another at their expense. And that's, that's where we're making the shift. That's why healing is so important because it's fundamental to us as a species. Red Cross urgently needs blood and platelet donations and asks all healthy donors to schedule an appointment to give now. With the coronavirus outbreak, it is important to maintain a sufficient blood supply. Your blood donation is critical and can help save lives. Please schedule an appointment today. Download the blood donor app, visit redcrossblood.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS today. You can make a difference. The following contains discussion of sexual abuse. Listener discretion is advised. Let's talk a little bit more about how women in particularly heal, because it's different than how men heal. Because as you and I have had these conversations before, it looks a little bit different. We heal in community. We heal in a very different inner way. And I'm just going to leave it to you to speak about that and share your thoughts around how do we as women heal? I'd be happy to and jump in when you want to, because I know we both have some ideas about this. I think where it really got clear for me was when I was visiting with a man who led retreats for men. And he was talking about how they organize it. And I was smiling and I said, oh my gosh, that is so different from the way we as women organize our retreats together. Because this was a group of men, right, that met regularly. And this is how they organized it. They got together and they outlined the different areas that would need to be attended to, like food, transportation, events, you know, what kind of activities they were going to do, these kinds of things, clean up. And then each man volunteered to be in charge of a different area. And then whatever he decided is kind of how the rest of the group folded into that. That was their healing retreat. And I said, oh, you won't believe how different it is for us as women. And he, he was very curious. And I said, okay. So we set the date. We collectively choose a location. And then we say, 
bring whatever activities you want to bring that your sisters might want to do and bring whatever food inspires you. <laughs> so we congregate and it sort of happened, right? And at the end, we all got together and cleaned up. And if somebody had to go early, no problem. Same with ride sharing. I mean, it was so organic. It was very circular very circular. And one of the things you and I both observed is that women who have been violated in any way, even if that's any kind of trauma or violent trauma, not just sexual abuse, we have a real need to be in charge of our healing. Of course we do, because when you're violated, you're not in charge, right? And that's a powerful survival instinct to say, I'm not in charge. Maybe I'm not going to fight here because I need to survive, right? So it's happening to you, and part of your healing is for you to decide how things are going to happen for you. And we tend to integrate both good psychological approaches, and we also integrate good spiritual approaches, and we weave them together in the most unique ways. So that's why at this event, you'll see, you know, Mira talking about sacred dance, belly dance specifically for opening up your body. And you're going to hear about tantric sex. And you're also going to hear about some therapeutic techniques that work incredibly well to help women heal or the power of circles, how women heal in circles, because that's how we do it. And Hopefully, each person who attends is going to say, I want to listen to this person and this one and this one and this one because those resonate with me. And that's a circle of support for you. That's the beginning of a tribe for healing that you can go to as often as you make arrangements to do so with their programs or private counseling or whatever you decide to do to take your healing forward. So, we each get to bring our gifts or talents where we're strong, where healing is powerful for us. And we who are presenting get to hold space for our sister or in some cases for those who work with men, our brothers, who are deep into this transformation of the perpetrator-victim engagement. So for me personally, I get to bring holding and holding comes from my ancestors and it's an ancient meditation that is rooted in accessing emotions, which women know really well, as a doorway to awakening. That includes your difficult ones, your anger, your frustration, your jealousy, your powerlessness, your unworthiness, all of it, as well as your desires, your hopes, your joys, your dreams, your aspirations, all of it into a meditative space where you hold it with love, and you allow it to either untangle and unravel, or you allow it to blossom and flourish as the light and sound of your own becoming. So it's a way of inviting us into the primordial womb of all life, the sacred womb, the motherly womb that holds everything, all of it with love. If you think about our children and grandchildren, right? You don't just love the aspects of them that are good. In fact, many parents tried to do that as a parenting methodology, and it didn't work very well at all. It was very common in the early 1900s, even I would say late 1800s, up until just recently, probably the last 20, 30 years, we started to get you can't withhold love as a form of punishment that's too dangerous, right? So that we acknowledge these beings that do things we like 
can do things we don't like, but we love on them in their totality. And that is what happens for you in that energetic womb. You can take your shame and you can love it. And that's the real work, to find the love for the things about you you thought were completely unlovable. They're not. When you touch the edges of it and it gets deeper and deeper and deeper, that pain loosens up and springs free. Now you get to be the person you always came here to be because that is who you are naturally. And it flourishes in that beautiful womb environment. So in a sense, Stephanie, what women emerging is, it's a big womb. <laughs> it's a big womb. And we're holding each other in all of our traumas and all of our triumphs. And we're saying, I'm standing with you, my sisters, I'm standing with you. And I'm holding you as I have held myself, as women and men before me has held, have held me. And we're going to hold each other into this beautiful, beautiful awakening of our true, most radiant spiritual selves and release and shed the burdens of pain we've been carrying most of our lives. You know, I can really speak to how much that just resonates with me twofold. I want to share twofold because the first is that I have done your holding meditation and it was really through that holding meditation about a year ago that I got the download and the insight. It was just like so direct to put on the summit. I mean, we just had such a beautiful group and filmed this incredible documentary. And it was just so amazing at the Spark Summit to just watch that ignite within all of us and then to be shared with the audience. And at some point will be a film this fall, but that all came out of that place of being able to go within and feel so held, number one, and to bring that sense of unconditional love to ourselves. It was transformationally healing for me, and it just really became the portal for just a lot of positive downloading and healing. So I, I wanted to speak and comment to that because it was so incredible. And the second piece is, it really truly is, when, when we're in these circles of women, I can speak to this because I'm in a group of women where we have a random acts of kindness group. And that group, one of the women is a mother, and there's several of us that are mothers, but she has children at home still. And she just put out an SOS to the group. She said, I'm here at home, here we've all been, we're all shut in, we're all in quarantine with the coronavirus. And she said, I don't feel like I'm handling this well. And it was so beautiful to watch all the different women, we're all over town here in Fort Collins, surround her with love, send her messages, videos, music, meditations, and just love. Then she sent out this morning how she just felt so incredible and felt so much better and so loved and supported. So we know when we come together and we can support each other, when we hold one another, like you're saying, it is absolutely transformational. It changes the, our ability to heal because we're opened up to a community of healing. You mentioned this, and so I want to elaborate on it a little bit more, is this whole psycho-spiritual approach to healing. I love that you coined that term, and it takes healing beyond just one modality or another. It really is this beautiful interweaving 
of the spiritual and the psychological forms of healing. So will you speak a little bit about that? You and I have just been having an amazing experience as we've continued to develop these different attributes and qualities of healing as we recover and reclaim our souls from abuse. To give credit where credit is due, that also came from my ancestors. <laughs> so, and, and I'm sharing this part, by the way, because that's how your intuition opens as your healing progresses. Your intuition gets really refined and your connection with your ancestors that you can draw power from and insights from, who see a whole lot more than you see, opens up and expands. Your spiritual gifts wake up. It's one of the gifts of doing the work as you begin to see just how incredible the divine is as it's flowing through you and through all your relations. So the ancestors came to me and they showed me you, Stephanie, and they are the ones who said a psycho-spiritual approach to healing. And I, I came out of that meditation and I went to Jeffrey. Jeffrey, a psycho-spiritual approach to healing. That's what we're doing. <laughs> and of course, really, it's been a discovery, right? Because I don't know that that term has been coined yet, maybe somewhere, but I hadn't heard it before. And as a result of that, we have been meeting some of the most incredible spiritual healers working in all kinds of different ways, right? In creative expressions, through ceremony, through ritual. We have been meeting therapists who incorporate ritual elements into their therapeutic sessions and creativity into their therapy. And what we're seeing is that we women have been doing this. We've been weaving these two concepts together, the best of science, and what science is showing us about how our brains work and how we really can influence change in our psyches and how our spiritual beings work, what it means to be entombed enough to actually reclaim your soul, your name, your power in the universe. And that it requires this dance right, of our cognitive abilities, our intuitive abilities, our spiritual sensibilities. And we women know that. And we have always known that. And it's just coming together so beautifully and elegantly in, in what I know to be the first ever summit focused on a psycho-spiritual approach to healing sexual abuse. So we are not only here to receive and heal but we're also carving something new fashioned yeah, out of our own feminine wisdom, our sacred feminine And come together and, and continue that. to weave together. Women Emerging is a free seminar to help you better understand how to thrive, how to reclaim your life, and how to reclaim your soul after sexual abuse. What are some of the steps to reclaiming ourselves? What are the attributes that help us move into this life of thriving, where we find our voice, where we find our inner strength and power? I want to make sure that we talk about the offerings that are available in the Women Emerging Healing Program. Will you speak to that, Misa? 
Yeah, this part's been really, really fun. And I want everybody to know that as they listen to each speaker, most of them have a gift for you. So when you go in, listen and take advantage of that sweet gift, because I happen to know some of these are really, really powerful. They are not giving you like the dregs of what is available in their resources. They're giving you from the best. So take advantage of that. And we also have the Women Emerging Healing Program. And that's rooted in some work that Stephanie and I have been doing that I'm going to mention in just a minute. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And it incorporates our steps, if you could call them steps, think of it loosely, like lily pads on a pond. You're going to hop to whatever lily pad you want to be on. But these qualities are steps to healing that we have observed are fundamental to reclaiming your soul. And so you're going to get to experience that through our live dialogues, right? On Skype and on Zoom, you're going to hear us raw in the moment talking about these and what we've discovered with our clients and what kinds of exercises we've experienced that have really worked to take us into that space of reclaiming our soul. And we'll go through those in a minute. You're also going to get lessons from a number of our presenters, and these are also really deep profound lessons, 10 to 30 minutes, that take you into powerful healing space. So some of them are using incredible meditations, repatterning, reprogramming your past, using acting techniques to be able to help you reframe and reshape experiences that you've had, creativity, whether that's through drawing or movement, to be able to creatively re-express yourself in the moment that you're in and the moment you are moving to in your own divine creation. And I could go on and on and on. So definitely check that out. And Stephanie, why don't we go through the different, the nine steps that we've developed so everybody knows what they are and what's available. So one of the qualities you reclaim to your soul is innocence, your innocence. And that's reconnecting with your inner child and being in touch with your inner child and really helping her be able to play again and dream and create again. Another one is trust. This is befriending yourself, learning how to listen to yourself and be aware of your inner voice. It's also a place where we begin to reclaim our intuition, by the way, and our connection with the divine. Purity. Being in touch with your true essence, not the layers of protective walls that you needed to build up to take care of yourself over time, but gently letting those go to get to that pure essence that you are. Sensuality, which we define differently than sexuality, by the way. Sensuality is befriending your body and seeing it as an ally in a safe place. And your connection to the earth, which is also one of the safe places for many women to open up their bodies again and enjoy, enjoy sensual pleasure. Another one is joy. And being aware of and marinating on joy and allowing it to occur and helping it to become who you are, as Stephanie likes to say, stick in your brain and in your body. So it's not just an accidental moment. It's how you live. Sexuality, healthy boundaries with sex that allow you to be fully present in your body. Power, 
a kind of power that comes from your authenticity, not power over another, but from your most authentic nature that shifts the way you move in the world and how you interact in the world. And of course, your divine nature, being in touch with your essence and your inner connection to all of life, to divine power, universal power, as you know it, and being alive and thriving, really not just surviving anymore, but thriving in these beautiful, beautiful qualities that you welcome in as you're patching yourself up, so to speak. You're reclaiming that soul as your own and claiming your life as yours. That's so important to both of us. And then the very last step is yours. It's whatever is in your heart and your mind that you know you need to claim. And you may have many more steps than the ones that we've suggested. And that's awesome. It's your journey. These are some guidelines, some suggestions based on our years of working with women that may resonate for you and help you along on your journey. And that's the Women Emerging Healing Program. It's so robust. It's so awesome. And I'm thrilled, thrilled that we're providing it for the women. Couldn't be at a better time. To me, it's just a part of this emerging consciousness that is happening. And right now, we need as many resources as possible. So let people know how do they access this program? Yeah, super simple. Go to womenemergingsummit.org. Womenemergingsummit.org. Register, and you will get immediately a copy, it's basically an audio recording of the holding meditation that Stephanie and I were talking about. You'll also get inside to be able to see the amazing standing with you videos that your sisters and brothers have made for you. And these are their statements of their love and support for you in your healing journey. So you'll get immediate access to those two things and then progressively more gifts and insights and, and tips for healing as we get closer and closer to the event. And the event is April 17th. I wanted to make sure that we said that again. So to get registered now and what a beautiful vision. It's just been a joy to partner with you in this and just watch this come to fruition and to continue to bloom all of the energy and love pouring into this. Mm -hmm. I'm just so thankful for you for bringing this and, and allowing this to come through you. I know, as you said, it comes from the grandmothers, but thank you for being that conduit to bring this beautiful women emerging to our world. Oh, that's so sweet of you, Stephanie. It's my delight. It's really my delight. And I know we're, we've got all this energy moving toward the summit, April 17th through the 21st. I also want everybody watching and listening to know this is evergreen. So yes, come to the summit while all the energy's abuzz because it's gonna help you stay motivated. And besides, we're sheltering in place right now. So what a perfect time to go in and do that work that you keep saying, I wish I had time for, that deep self-love work, right? That embracing yourself, reclaiming yourself, perfect timing for that. And then for those of you that are listening to this later after the 21st, don't worry, it's still available to you. Go to the same website and you'll still have access to all these incredible resources for you. 
And thank you, Stephanie. You have been an angel, an absolute angel in creating this and bringing it out into the world. You are all so lucky to know Stephanie, by the way, as I well know. She does spark every space she comes into, including the Women Emerging Summit. So you're going to get sparked with some wonderful healing. And for all of you who are listening to this, who have been sexually abused, who have loved ones who have been sexually abused, someone in your family, and I guarantee you, you know someone who has been, for all the love and all of the courage and the support that you provide to yourself and those you love, I want to thank you because you are changing the field of consciousness and you're making it easier for me and for every woman and ultimately then every man, every child, every person, whatever their, their gender preference, you are making it easier for all of us to find our healing and to find once again our deep and profound connection in divine grace. So I thank you with an open heart and a very, very grateful heart. Sexual abuse can be one of the most damaging and traumatic events which has profound and lasting effects. This is a sensitive and delicate issue and one that none of us take lightly. If you yourself have suffered sexual abuse and are in crisis right now, please reach out to your local sexual abuse hotline or professionally trained therapist. If there's one message that really came through in Mises' talk is that whether you're a victim of sexual abuse or someone that knows someone who has been sexually abused, we can all support each other and help one another to heal. It is through information, reaching out, telling your truth, and allowing yourself to begin this process that we begin to heal and help each other heal. And as we talked about so often in the show is we do our own inner work. That is what becomes the gift, not only to ourselves, but then we're able to be in service of others as we heal by sharing our stories at time or by being able to truly lend that empathetic heart because of the experiences we've gone through, we can help others to heal as well. And especially during these times that we're all facing right now, we are needing this kind of healing in the world. So let's join together in supporting one another and supporting women emerging. Remember, The Spark is your show too. If you have questions, feedback on the show, or if you're going through something and need a little help, we'd love to hear from you. Continue the conversation with us at our website, thesparkpod.com, and on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. New episodes of The Spark air Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Mountain. To make sure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. The show is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional and should not be considered medical advice. If you're having a mental or physical health crisis, please seek treatment immediately. The Spark is produced by NOCO Media Limited, which is solely responsible for its content. Thanks again for listening. This has been The Spark, igniting your best life. I'm Stephanie James.
This has been a production of NOCO FM.